Alright, we're live. Welcome to Filthy Casuals, a Siege Podcast, hosted by your two resident sweaty tryhards, Chris and Tony. My name is Tony, otherwise known as NCK Venomous, even though everyone calls me Nick, but that's okay. Uh, Chris, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yep, that's me. I'm Chris. Um, username is Blackish Bump. Everybody just calls me Blackish because, you know, we can't just call people by their names these days. Pretty sweaty. Try hard. It happens. <laughs> and Anyways. today we have the special pleasure of a guest, one of our friends from across the pond. Tite, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Tay, also known as Adam, also known as uh, many, many other things. Uh, but yeah, I play Siege competitively in my spare time. Yeah. That is awesome, and we will get into that in just a little bit. That is why you're on the, this particular episode, so we can, uh, we can talk yeah. about kind of the next step for people if they want to choose to go past just uh, getting sweaty and ranked. Um, but let's go ahead and start it off uh, with uh, first topic I kind of want to get into. Uh, actually, well, we can go over uh, the only changes, really. Uh, the Legacy playlist is going away here, I think, in seven or eight days. Um, I got a chance to play that quite a bit. I think, Chris, you played it a couple times. I don't know if you've had a chance yep. to play that at all, Tay. Um, but we can talk about what we think about that playlist for a little bit. Definitely, definitely say I, I played it I yeah. played it a little bit. Um it was pretty fun. I, I like the ACOGs on defenders, honestly. Just fuck it. Fuck where the game's at. ACOGs everybody. It just I think it'd be better. That's, well, for it's, about it's five minutes. Say that. Like I've for, played <laughs> I played like the first couple rounds and I was like, Yeah, this is awesome. We need these ACOGs back and then I kept playing and I was like, Nope, they did the fucking right thing. This shit's overpowered and broken. <laughs> Yeah, again, again, it just, it'd it be just, fun for the first five minutes. <laughs> it just sucked that not many attackers had ACOG up yeah, uh, that, besides the Ash, thing. obviously. They they took them off other people. Like, fucking Sledge doesn't have an ACOG. Yeah. They fucking gave it to Castle and uh, and Pulse. Like, I don't know. And yeah, they also didn't dude. put on the SMG-11. But it yeah. was a cool experiment to kind of go back and get closer to a feel of what the game was like at launch. Because I know I've been playing since beta, I think... Uh, Chris, you, you came in a little later. Tay, when, when did you start playing the game? God, that was year two, season one, back gotcha. in Operation Velvet Show. There you go, Jeez. there you go. Yeah. Like, I didn't come in until, uh, uh, it's a season white noise, right? white noise, yeah. Yeah. So, jeez, you guys are OGs compared to me. <laughs> Just a little boy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's not there's not much else we can say about Legacy Playlist. Like unless you guys want to keep going, we can. Uh, but it's fun. <laughs> Try it out. It's gonna be gone here in a little bit, about a week. Um, it's cool. I don't know. You guys got anything else on that? The only thing I wish that they did differently with it is they added in Bartlett University. Oh yeah. That map, like you know. <laughs> they, Dude, that's in poor. the playlist for it. No, no, no. it should be though. Oh, because yeah. okay. that that map would. Yeah. Hey, that that map smacked map. for the spawn peaks, though. I mean, yeah, exactly. I hated attacking, but hey. <laughs> yeah, that map was a fucking different era. But yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't in multiplayer when vanilla was a thing, though. Like, it it was just a map that you played for uh, 
the Article 5 situation. It didn't actually yeah. come into multiplayer until much after the game came out. Oh, oh the tutorial levels. You're bringing back so much yeah. nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, but let's, uh, let's move on if you guys are good with that. We also kind of try to go over... Uh, you know, highlights from Reddit or anything that happened in the content creation community over the week. I will be quite honest with you. I uh, started looking through Reddit to try and refresh myself on things that have been going on. I normally look at Siege Reddit a lot when I'm at work and it's slow. And I've been off the majority of the past, you know, eight or nine days. So I'm not super up to date on that. But I did uh, find... Uh, bunch of different posts on reddit for a, a youtube channel i think it's called siege tales where it's like animated siege oh, cartoons yeah. dude that shit is hilarious i love so them they're massive great. shout out to that if you haven't tried that out haven't checked them out they're fantastic i feel like i'm missing um, out now yeah you, you, you should definitely <laughs> look it up and i'll send you a link but uh that's all i really have for that but if you guys have anything you want to point out um honestly nothing man i've been on vacation <laughs> one other thing that's not exactly in that same category but ties in uh the icy cat charm is now live on the store it's only one renown it's an absolutely sick looking charm and it's a great way to honor um his legacy so just want to point that out so yeah that's and it's really cool that that siege would do that for one of their well concrete content creators Icy Cat yeah. was amazing honestly great guy um yeah. never knew him yeah. personally but i feel like i connected in some way through his videos yeah um, he, he did he did really good videos and he uh was a strong advocate and represented the the console community which you don't see a lot in the uh uh content creator scenes mostly pc guys so that's cool pc master race what yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, I did want to, you know, point that out. Um, but unless you guys have anything else you want to bring up for as far as like anything that happened, content creation or you know, streamers, YouTube, whatever, we can kind of move on. Uh, I think not that is not really. Just right. obviously yeah. keep your eyes out on Coconut Bra, because oh, yeah, sure. the, the more you know about them, at least the more you'll be able to avoid them. Yeah, because if you don't like put notifications on for his videos, I uh, guarantee someone else does. You'll get hit with some cheeky angle and be like, "Well, yep. can't queue up for another ranked game until I go watch that video." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's get into the first uh, real big topic for today, which is uh, kind of a. It's kind of, you know, two parts, like, the the rank system, you know, the issue with, like, smurfs, and then my main thing is, like, as much as I like the seasonal charms for, like, your rank and stuff, I think it, it kind of creates an issue with people that are, like, they, that's all they care about, so they'll literally do whatever they can, whatever they have to, to try and get, like, a, you know, plat, diamond, champ charm, they'll, like, pay people to play on their accounts, they'll get boosted, um... Or whatever, they, and they'll, you know, then once they do that, I don't know, and then, and then also Smurfs, like, Smurfing is a huge problem in this game, and like, as much as I love this game, as much fun as I have playing ranked in this game, I would have exponentially more fun if, like, if you were gonna Smurf, if you could, like, you had to actually throw on your main account, at least. Like, I feel like it's way too easy to have three, four, five different accounts, and just, you know do whatever to play with shitters like i was literally in a low gold elo lobby this past week 
and we had a stack of former champs. Like, that shouldn't fucking happen. Like, they're killing us, and we can see the little flower with the red thing in the middle showing they were champ that season. I'm like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. we're not even, like, anywhere close to plot elo. You shouldn't be down. You shouldn't be down here. Like, if you're going to smurf, like, do it at high plat, at least. Like, fucking hell, man. Um, but that's kind of the general general topic I wanted to get into, so I'll open the floor. Uh, Tay, you want to give us your thoughts on that first, and then Chris can jump in? Um, well, I was just going to start off by saying, technically smurfing is against uh, Ubisoft's TOS, but they need to be more specific about what it is about it that is like against it. Um, which is, so smurfing, you can have another account, but you cannot, or you shouldn't, uh, go into, I don't know, a gold lobby or something, uh, if you're like plat or diamond or whatever. Yeah. It should be you smurf, but you still play in that same sort of rank. Yeah, and I don't even really consider that smurfing. Like, I know you have multiple accounts, but all of your accounts are generally the same skill. Like, you have multiple flat accounts, which I don't have a problem with. You go do that to your own (laughs) I don't fucking care about that. I care about the guys that are, like, diamond that are smurfing down in gold. Like, that just kills the experience. Yeah. And as far as it being against TOS, like, so is using mouse and keyboard on console, but they haven't done shit about that. Yeah. I don't know. Say so, yeah, I um uh, personally I think all smurfing does right is is hurt the community but I don't think the people who do that give a fuck like honestly I, they just wanna they just wanna shit on shitters like they just wanna have an easy game yeah like they don't wanna sweat and I understand if you don't wanna sweat on your second account you know you wanna take it super casual and ranked. But if you're a diamond level player and you're taking a casual, there's no way you're in low gold. Like, no, there's no absolutely way. no way. Yeah. No Unless way. you're actually throwing, right? Right. And mm-hmm. at that point, you can literally just play unrated mm-hmm. or casual, <laughs> you yeah. know? It's like, there's yeah. absolutely no reason at all to, to do that. And I don't understand why people have fun doing it. But I do, I do think that the charms do incentivize doing it, like like cheating to get a higher rank right you know right i guess i just yeah. was talking about two topics but hey multitasker um i mean that's that's why i started doing face it a lot more rather than ranked because at least with face it like most people take it more seriously than they would ranked uh right. so you get a lot less a lot less cheers etc but um yeah. with the topic of ranked like um the main reason why people just derank or whatever is because of youtube content that's, that's just what it is <laughs> so i think that that is not untrue but i think there's probably a large group of people that aren't doing youtube content and just want to like shit on people that are worse than them yeah like i think I definitely mean... some people are doing that for content like i've talked about this before you got people like varsity gaming in austin fucking intentionally throwing until they get to a low enough rank that they can make a series out of ranking up like I, you do whatever you want like that's cool you're making money you're a youtuber but i think that's fucking disgusting and i do not honest i don't think they should be able to do that because i think that 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 makes more people want to do that right they're like oh my favorite youtuber did it let's see if i can do it and they're exactly. already a diamond level player right? right so then you go through all those ranks which by the way takes fucking forever so you're uh, in those low yeah. elos forever, and you're just, it's not fair. It's not fair to the rest of the community. I mean, 
Yeah. Because even uh, plats up against the diamond, there's a big skill gap there, right? Mm. Yeah, especially depending on the the elo that they are in plat. Um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. One thing I did want to point out is a new change this season. Um, if you like, you'll be getting a minimum of 25 elo no matter how many games you've played previously you could like get down to the point where you've played enough games in the season and it has your like true skill to the point where you're only getting like five or ten elo uh, yeah. that is no longer a thing is my understanding um so i think that's pretty cool yeah because that was that was very stressful uh especially for someone like me who used to play ranks like yeah, non-stop exactly <laughs> so like for like for like for you Taylor, like you could be like plat two almost plat one or plat one almost diamond or whatever and you're at the point where you're only getting like five or ten elo like that that yeah. becomes a fucking massive grind to finish and then i start losing more elo than i'm yeah. gaining yep. yeah 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 so that's something so i've never played enough games where my elos has i'm not just gaining that much how much at that point are you losing uh so you it, lose it, about it, 30 40 i Holy thought it was bitch. a little more proportional than that but i haven't it, gotten as far as you so it uh, would I've depend. To the point where I'm only getting twenty at previous seasons. Yeah, it it would depend on what you're up against. Like if you're yeah. against, I don't know, if you're in plat and you're like it's a whole five stack of golds and silver or something, and you lose that game, you'll lose like forty to fifty elo. Yeah. Uh, but if it's like plats v plats or something like right. I don't know, they have like three plat twos and a plat three, and you're only like golden plat, um, you will lose. I don't know, 10 to 15, most. Yeah, and there's nothing saying that those fucking silvers and golds you're coming, against, coming up against are actually silvers and golds. And yeah. So, you lose a game against silvers and golds, but they're actually plats and diamonds. Uh, the ELO don't care. You're still losing the larger amount. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, <laughs> state of the game. Um, yeah. just whack, UB sucks, the sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, we can move to the next thing, unless you guys uh, have anything else you want to throw in on that one. I pretty much just said my two cents just then. <laughs> yeah, me too. Ah, ah, cool. uh, do you, you want to go ahead and uh, do the interview portion now, Tay? Uh, yeah. Alright, cool. So, uh, why don't you kind of just give us a little uh, little background on uh, your history with the game, um, and then we're really kind of just going to be talking to you about your experience of like trying out for different teams joining a team uh you know like creating your own team and then uh you know just got kind of what goes into that as far as like the next step past just ranked you know i kind of consider it uh like semi-professional type of thing you know you're on the way to maybe playing in challenger league type of thing um so why don't you go ahead and just uh, give us some background to start uh well like i said um earlier i started off on console in um, Velvet Shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, I I would say I was I was decent. Um, obviously, console was a lot more um, a lot more stressful than uh, <laughs> than PC, but uh, you get used to it. But I think it was only until sort of White Noise. Um, actually, no, it was past White Noise. It must have been about Parabellum or something that I then started thinking like. I might try and just play competitively. Like, th- this is after watching, like, hours and hours of, like, Pengu, like, G2, TSM sort of thing. I was just like, ooh, this might be something I could try. And, and this um, one you're still playing on console? 
Uh, no, so oh, I, I transferred. Sorry, yeah. So I transferred from uh, to from console to PC um, white noise. Okay. Yeah, and then a couple of seasons later, obviously, uh, I was like, oh, uh, let's try this out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This guy I don't... really. You ditched you ditched console right as I got on console, man. I'm I'm kind of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's when I got my PC, or well, my first PC anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think I actually found a team until, gosh, that was about a year or two ago. Okay. All right. Um, it so there was a lot of like waiting around sort of thing. Um, a lot of posting for looking for teams sort of thing. Right. Right. But uh. Yeah, then I finally found someone. Um, the The problem with a lot of teams uh, nowadays is they don't actually know what they're looking for. So they, mm. they will say, like, oh, we are looking for a first entry, a second entry, a flex, a support, right. an IGL. But they don't know their specific roles as such. So a lot of people are trying to transition from ranked monkeys um, right. to, like, competitive players. And I think a lot of competitive players don't are just physically unable to make that jump. Um, so you see it in a lot of teams. Like you'll just get someone like an Ashmane or something just run into sight and just gun everyone everyone down. And like it's all good and everything. Um, but then you need to think like, did they actually follow what we were like the execution of the plan? Uh, and the majority of the time that will be a no. Um, right. And because of that, they will either end up staying on because the team's like, oh, they got, they did really well. They got a lot of kills uh, because they don't understand the competitive scene. Right. Or it will be, you're gone because you're not listening to what you need to do. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah so, um, so you want to maybe think... talk a little bit more about the kind of the difference of the dichotomy between, uh, you know, strictly, I guess you call it being a ranked monkey and then, you know, moving more towards, you know, competitive what's what's the what's the main difference um i guess like the main the main difference i would probably say is like you have a specific role so you can't start trying to switch your role like midway through a game or something um unless obviously you get consent from the uh the igl gotcha. but um so do you me. think um do you think having the flexibility of being able to legitimately be good with every operator um, while being good at every role there is to be on a team, do you think having that flexibility within the team kind of helps towards being a better competitive team? It can be, but at the same time, you it's best to find a role that suits you. Like my early days as a competitive player i i just used to love fragging out sort of thing so i thought it would be a good idea for me to just entry frag right and um it wasn't until i don't know about a month or two ago that i was then told by a friend and a coach of mine um that maybe uh your entry fragging skills are not what you think sort of thing so maybe try second entry mm. uh, and lately that has worked a lot better uh, because to be a first entry, for example, you have to, essentially, you have to just turn off your brain and just run in, uh, wide swing everything, uh, sort of thing. But as a second entry, you still have to use like your drones, your utility. You have to, um, like, uh, have, uh, you still have to have the similar properties of the, en uh, first entry, but just not to the quite same level, uh, mm -hmm. so say. 
Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other stuff to say. So yeah, I feel like there's definitely a lot that goes into it. Um, a lot more than, of course, being a ranked monkey, as you would call us. Um, <laughs> say, and that's something like I'm. I, I mean, competitive sounds really awesome, and I would love to do it. Um, say. The, the only problem I have is, like, how, how do you get into it, right? Like, how do you go from being a ranked monkey to actually, like, being on a legitimate team right. and, and being a better player? Honestly, I don't think you can. It's just, <clears throat> like, anyone can honestly play a rank, uh, play a comp, or join a comp team, sorry. Um, but you just have to have, like, the different mentality of it. So, like, if you're playing ranked to win... Uh, and like to try hard and like sweat out and things then you're not exactly like uh you, you could say technically you're ready for comp but at the same time if you're just um like if you're getting pissed off constantly and you can't take the game seriously uh then uh like you sort of need to focus more on like ranked or improving your uh your like your skill level and things but I've seen I've seen silver players uh, playing comp, and they've done they've done a lot better than like the silvers you'd see in ranked, for example, uh, because you need to have that communication, you need to have like that five stack, um, and I think a lot of them were just determined to get from that point of being like a ranked hero, a ranked monkey, whatever, uh, to becoming like that comp player. You have to have like your goal set so you want to get from point a to point b and then they've figured it out like how do we want to do this okay you've got to do this this and this uh, and they're just willing to make those improvements uh, whereas a lot of ranked players they'll they'll just get pissed off at the game they'll be like oh so I, I died behind a wall this game's stupid sort of thing uninstall mm. um and whatever okay. but comp players you have to stick at it otherwise there'll be a time when all your hard work will just go i guess <laughs> okay so like so to expand upon that like so i remember back when i was placing like plat constantly and on on uh xbox and then i transferred over and i was placing like high gold almost hitting plat every season um i was i was more of oh i just died that seems like it was bs but what could i have done to like prepare for that and nowadays i'm more like this game is trash screw this like, do you think that that's really the difference between a good player and a, a well, a ranked monkey? Yeah, you you the you need to understand how you've died um, to an extent, and then uh, try and just figure out how you can improve it. Um, so, like with what you were saying, uh, when like you used to die originally, like that's like a sort of comp mentality. Like you're working to improve on how you could have done thing done things a lot differently. So like I don't know. Let's take uh, let's take border for example. Um, for the top floor, I think it's office. You um, so some people play it, uh, just so differently. So you get some someone playing in a fountain, for example, and then I don't know. You get an attack and push through the double door. Mm. Well, then you have two options technically. <clears throat> um, the first one is you play you stick by a fountain. You hold the tight angle. You wait for him to try and swing you or just walk past. Or...
I uh, can't hear you guys anymore. Problem has Sorry about that. There was a brief technical difficulty, so I will have to figure out how to edit that. Um, but let's uh, continue to talk. Uh, Tay, I think you're just talking to us about the, the difference in mentality between, uh, you know, just mostly focusing on ranked and having more of a competitive mindset. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think where we left off. Um, so, like, with uh, mentality and mindset, like, a lot of it is down to like just knowing what the difference is between ranked a lot of ranked players will just go for frags because they want the kd up they want like they want a good like uh they want to be top of the scoreboard sort of thing uh, so right. they'll just they'll just run around the map going for kills sort of thing but comp uh mentality is all about like time wasting um only getting frags that are like necessary so a good example is um, me and my fellow uh, entry. Um, we are also roamers. So, for example, on a clubhouse, uh, we uh, so let's say we're defending basement. Uh, we will roam like bedroom and construction area, uh, and that is just to like obviously deny a roam clear, uh, so they know that there's a roam presence. Um, so then they ha you have to force a roam clear right um and a lot of that will be like your so if you get a kill it's because you're denying the map control uh so you essentially are getting into like the enemy's heads um like so they have they have to kill you otherwise you're just going to kill them sort of thing um but normally it's like i don't know you get like one or two frags and then you'll rotate down to the next floor Right. Um, and then on the next floor, you basically just do the same thing again. You go for flanks, you go for, like, uh, so say, I don't know, Habana and Sledger in Kitchen. Uh, you just push in, you at least kill the Habana because that's the hard breach, deny the hatch uh, breach. But you also, like, just clear out that kitchen as quickly as you can because essentially they're taking vertical, they're taking mm -hmm. your map control. That is right. your map. You need to have that map, um, uh, sort of thing. Uh, and then you also have to trust your team with the callouts because a lot of the time in, for example, ranked, uh, you're lucky to get a single callout from anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Especially if you're not stacked with anyone. So yeah, uh, it doesn't. Something. Something else I notice in uh, in ranked is even if even if you have like two solid roamers, sometimes the enemy team is just so dumb that they don't even roam clear and they just they say you know what screw this it doesn't matter if you're shooting at them they just go to site they don't even care about playing above they don't they don't care about that vertical gameplay they just go to site 
Yeah, and, and a lot of times that'll work if your anchors are, you know, not Garbage. good players. Which happens. <laughs> like if there's two or three of us queued together and you and I both happen to be roaming, um, sometimes that goes very poorly because our anchors like will just collapse and then we'll, we're not roamers anymore. We're playing retake. Yeah. Um, you honestly like with comp, you just have to trust your. You just have to trust like your team will do what they are told to do. Right. So I don't know. You have like a maestro holding Arsenal. You have a smoke and a mute. Uh, so you have a smoke playing uh, by blue, and then you have a mute or something playing um, holding church. So if like the maestro is in Arsenal and they're taking vertical, you need to trust that maestro will go to a safer position so that he won't uh, just be killed uh, essentially. Um, and then you still need that one person on cams trying to give uh, the roamers constant info of where they are, what they're doing, um, and a lot of a lot of ranked people just they just won't do that. Like I don't know, you'll be lucky if you get someone taking vertical in kitchen or the kitchen hatch even being opened because they'll just rush down those stairs and just try and walk into um, into church, mm. and like. That's why a lot, uh, a lot of people need to learn to rely on sound, get their sound settings correct. Right. Uh, because, I don't know, um, you, I don't know, the mute or person in church would hear, uh, I don't know, like one or two people approaching Moto. Uh, he would then call it, and then you have the smoke then um, basically holding uh, Moto door at that point, trying to just slow them down, keep them, keep them in one spot. Um, sort of thing. See, and I definitely think that's a that's the difference, definitely between a high school player like, and this is specifically for rank, because of course I don't play comp, but that's the difference between a high school player and a low skill player in ranked is like vertical gameplay. Like people don't play vertical, you know. It's like Tay was saying, ranked monkeys just go for kills. They don't care about pulling actual strats. Um, so I think it's really hard to solo queue in ranked and it's it's kind of easier for a five stack because you guys can Talk to each other, you know, if you're running a five stack normally all of you have mics so yeah. you can do legitimate yeah. strats Yeah, or e even if you just have you know sort of an idea of, of a strategy You think you want to do it doesn't have to be like an actual strat That's all laid out like if you were playing a comp if you got the other team That's no not a five stack and they're mostly going for kills if you get something going and you play off each other and go for refrags you know typically you're going to come up on top yeah a lot of it's just about learning what your operator can do and how you can use that uh skill to your advantage like sledge buck excellent people for taking vertical uh you have ash uh with breach charges and now claymore right um so you haven't necessarily got to set up flank drones as much uh, you have Sophia, uh, two impacts, two stuns, and three breaches. Mm. Like you have Havana, obviously the Havana rework now um, can be a lot more effective uh, when it comes to uh, impact tricking. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah. You can you can bait that very well now. Um, but it's it's literally like you you learn what your operator can do, how you can use them, and what situation they are most useful in. Um, so if, I don't know, they're CCTV, uh, you take a capital, for example, instead of a sledge, because what can honestly a sledge do um, exactly to deny, I don't know, someone playing on rafters 
or someone pl uh, trying to bandit trick the wall. Like, you have nades, but there's only a certain point where those nades will get you so far. At least with a capital, you can firebolt someone, um, rafters, and then you can have them pinched in one right. spot. Um, but it's all about, like, team composition and the mindset and mentality of that team. So, like, a, for example, a traditional team comp would be, I don't know, Ash, Sophia, maybe an IQ, uh, depending if one of them gets banned, and then a Sledge or a Capital, and then a Thermite, maybe a Thatchite, but let's be real, <laughs> his ban rate, unfortunately, is so high lately. Um, so he, he gets banned yeah. regularly in comp, too. I know he gets banned, like, almost all the time in ranked, but that's uh, that carries over into comp. Yeah, um... But a lot of the time, if Thatcher does get banned, then at least you still have the two options of Cali or Maverick. Right. You see a lot more like Cali and Maverick players uh, in comp than you would ever ranked, um, because ranked players like are just like we need one hard breach. But on a map like Clubhouse, you need two, at, at least, least two, right. at yeah. least two. Yeah. Um, Say so in my in my personal experience, I do see Cali played a lot just because uh me and nick will pick cali like if if we don't have thatcher because we're like all right our team needs this because they're absolute monkeys they're not yeah. going to be able to do it themselves so we have to we have to step up and that's the problem with two stacking yeah it's and like, uh kind of just yeah. to go off that like i recently found a group of like six plus people um to play with over, the, over this past week while you've been on vacation um chris and uh there's one like person that's legitimately really good with Cali, another guy that can play him and is pretty good. Um, and it's weird. Um, having five people is great. Like we literally the first night we did a five stack, we won on like a nine game winning streak, like back to back to back. We just didn't fucking lose the whole night, and it was like, it was just different because I'm used to two stacking where you like win one or two and then lose one or two and you just kind of like fucking fumble around and around the same elo. Um, I don't know, so it's just interesting. But yeah, you don't see a whole lot of people that are competent with Cali. Yeah, yeah. I feel like to be good with Cali, you have to be a good opper and see, like, it, it, to relate this game to CS, which I know the, it's a very weak link. But I think, um, I think Cali's gun is harder to use than an op. Like opping in CS is actually pretty fucking easy. <laughs> it's harder. Yeah, to that's be, true. Well, you don't so... be a good rifler in CS than it is a good opper. Well, and see, the thing with that is the only reason I, I relate that is because CS, you have to counter strafe. Uh, Rainbow, you can just be walking and your shots will be accurate, right? So. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot uh, of differences, but yeah. 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 Say, so it, it definitely, it takes a special type of player to be proficient and really good with Callie, um, for sure, especially with her main weapon. Um, I mean, yeah, anybody with there's... decent recoil control can use her secondary. You know? This one guy I was playing with, uh, it was in a 1v1 situation, and he knew the guy was going to come around the corner, and it was going to be like very close to point blank, and he kept the sniper rifle out, and he got the kill and clutched it up, but after I asked, I was like, dude, like, why wouldn't you just pull out the SMG, and he's like, honestly, I'm just way more confident with her rifle than I am with her secondary, I was like, oh, shit, okay, well, that's this, yeah, that's this different. man is the actual yeah. Cali main. Yeah, most people in that situation would have whipped out the the bearing or yep. what, whatever her secondary is, yep. and uh, they would have just they would have been in the middle of flipping guns and died, you Probably. know. 
Yeah, but I, just, I found that interesting. Um, kind of maybe getting a little bit back more towards the 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 comp stuff. Tay, you want to talk a little bit about like the the process and the experience of actually like trying out and that part of joining a team. Um, the the main thing with trying out for a comp team is that you need to obviously they're trying to figure out if like they want you on the team but also you need to bear in mind that do you actually feel like you can have uh like chemistry with the teammates uh whether you can like successfully rely on them right um and things and a lot of the teams i've been with it's just been (laughs) no uh there's only really been like one team that i can actually like like if i if i was to die they would have my back sort of thing um and i can trust that they will do what they are told to do by the uh, igl and so it happens that's the team i'm currently with (laughs) Mm. but um like i said earlier like it's just all about finding the right team like a lot of there's so many so many teams out there that are looking for players but they will just reject you because you do not fit their category like if you don't fit their like what they want then just don't beat yourself up really just keep just keep searching and you'll eventually find someone who's honestly probably going to be better than them yeah because um, cool. a lot of teams nowadays just are still trying to figure out what comp actually is <laughs> yeah and I guess um, maybe circling back to something you mentioned earlier like you've seen even silver players, you know, playing comp and you even playing it well. I've heard from a couple of different people that they suggest you uh, it are, you know, more of plat three, plat two level before you even start really thinking about trying to see what comp's all about. You can honestly be at any level, but it's just more preferred that you're at that platinum sort of level because then you you have a strong understanding of how the game works. Uh, you know, like, how to control recoil, for example. Um, right. Like, just the basic things of the game um, that you you know and that people will definitely pick you up on when trying for a team. Uh, and obviously, Silver's, uh, honestly, a lot of the time, they're still learning, like, the basic controls, to be honest, with the game. Um, I mean, doesn't it kind of depend on, on the Silver? Because I'm... I'm... I'm sure there's a ton of people that are silver that have been playing for years and they just maybe don't Nick, have... stop including yourself right now. <laughs> stop <laughs> including us right now. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that's where we're at. Like, that's a we're skill level. We're not actually silvers, though. We're not okay. hard-stuck silver. We're Technically basically we mid-high are. gold. You're ranked silver, but your skill level is gold. You just need to be able to make that, make that jump. And it's not the easiest thing to do with the current um, toxicity of the game at least right so and i definitely feel like we're not we're, we're definitely not far from from that plat level um, yeah no i'm mean, i regularly refer to us as pocket plats and like i know i'm like joking around but it's not untrue yeah so i definitely feel like since we are playing in a lower skill level i feel like we're we are playing at a lower skill level um, cause whenever I was playing at gold one, right when I was about to hit plat this season, I, I was playing a lot differently than what I'm playing now. Yeah. Like, I feel like it kind of psychs you out 
bearing in mind what skill level you're playing at because like I, I just feel like it messes with your head like oh That's i'm right. playing up against a bunch of silvers i need to like i'll just play differently like i'll play looser you know i, mean, I won't you, play as you trying. kind of have to like honestly dude silvers do some dumb shit and like yeah you could do a perfect strat that would work well at gold one and you do that same thing in silver and you get fucking killed by the dumbest angle that shouldn't exist because you sit in a spot that's literally stupid. Yeah. So you kind of have to adjust your play. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. A lot of people just don't use their utility that they have. Like, I don't know, drone drone face, for example, is a massive one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've seen people lose, like... Like, an entire team has just lost their drone within, like, 10 seconds of drone phase, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they just want those points to find the bloody bomb. Right. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like, like we've seen what rank someone is. It shouldn't honestly change your mentality of the game. Uh, you should just, like, I don't know, if it's silver or something, just drone a little bit more. Um, same with, honestly, like, any rank, uh, to be honest. Like, it, uh, no matter what, you should be droning. That's the main thing that I never see, uh, like, uh, in ranked because I don't know. You'll get like an Iana main or something, and they'll just use their gadget instead. But you still have two drones, especially with this current meta with Aruni, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a pain in the ass. Um, a lot of people they just won't care. They'll just jump their drone straight into it. So, uh, for example, and then you've just lost one of your most crucial gadgets in the entire game as an attacker. Yeah, I mean, not only do you not see people droning, but, like, I very rarely see people droning for someone else, which is incredibly important. It's, like, basically the next level of, like, hey, you're a good droner, do it, awesome. But if you're droning someone else in, you have that immediate intel, and you're, like, right behind that drone, you're going to be able to make plays off that. Yeah, because they're going to be distracted, especially in rank, they're going to be distracted by the drone, and they're not going to be ready for the next person to come through the door, you know? Yeah. Another thing I, I saw uh, in a pro league match, I've been watching a lot more pro league, and then I actually tried it in a ranked game and it worked great, is uh, you got someone playing Ayana, you kind of do, uh, you have her go in first and you get her refrag as it were, you know, they shoot the hologram and you're immediately behind it getting, you know, her live call outs of where the guy is and then you get the kill. And that was really, um, that was kind of cool. Definitely mm-hmm. good, good thing in the same vein. Um, but unless you got anything else you want to specifically touch on, or Chris, if you have any other questions or topics you want to ask about a uh, comp, we can kind of um, try and move on. Yeah, kind of. Uh, so we talked about this in the last podcast. Um, so the 22nd meta, uh, I kind of wanted T-Tay's opinion on that. Yeah, um, so how do you feel that, how do you feel, like, is that a big part of comp, like you only have 20 seconds left as an attacker where you need to make something happen? Like, is that present? A good team will not need 20 seconds. They will use, like, a very large amount of their time doing what they need to do, just getting, like, the easy picks and whatever. And then, like, I don't know, uh, let's take it on Cafe, for example. Um, a lot of people in comp will spend, I don't know, uh, two, two whole minutes trying to roam clear the top floor. You've not even roam cleared the second floor. Uh, there's a Roma hiding there. It now becomes, I don't know, a 2v4. And then in that scenario, you need to do something, uh, which will then most likely end up just being the 22nd meta because they're taking too long to do anything. But um, 
yeah, a lot a lot of well established teams will will just know what they're doing, have it done, and then you you just won't even get to twenty seconds. You'll get to like I don't know a minute. Diffuse has gone down. Uh, it's now a one v one v one or I don't know a three v one because all the enemy team have just run at you basically. Because uh, the second that diffuser goes down, everyone goes into panic pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, if, I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're saying the 20 second meta doesn't really come into play in the comp matches you're playing? It exists in lower comp, especially, uh, definitely. But as you get higher up in um, the comp scene, so from tier, tier 4 to low tier 3, you will see a 20 second meta uh, very frequently. Uh, when it's. Sorry? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the 20 second meta is still incredibly prevalent in pro league, right? So I'm not yeah. understanding. Does it like then come back into play once you get even higher in skill, or like I, I miss? I, I'm not sure. I'm following what you're saying. Um. So it it happens like a lot, but it it would just depend on like the map the scenario of like the team um sort of thing but um okay. so low so lower levels it happen or sorry lower tiers uh it will happen like as a 20 second frag meta rather than like i don't know a 20 second like utility uh meta. yeah utility meta so okay. like all right um in that 20 seconds like you should get the diffuser down uh you should have people protecting you sort of thing uh, but a lot of the time in lower tiers yeah it would just be just run as the objective try and kill every everything that moves pretty much okay all right so um just to just to explain so you were talking about the different tier levels so how how does that system work in comp like the different tiers and you're um, talking specifically face it right no just just like comp wise in general so you have t4 uh which is like sort of the basic uh thing for comp uh, like you're establishing a team, etc. Um, then uh, you start pushing for tier three, um, which is like I don't know. You you have a strong sort of like team build up sort of thing, and you can start pushing nationals. Uh, and then obviously you have tier two, which is like uh, challenger league, etc. And then obviously T one, which is uh, pro league. <laughs> okay. Um, so. so so is, is your team a tier three team, tier two team? Yeah, we're currently a T three team. Um, I think we're currently low T three, um, but I think we're going to try and start pushing for like mid T three because a lot of like the T's are like so like you have the low, the medium, the high uh, of like all of them, uh, other than obviously T one, um, as that's that's professional. <laughs> but um, that's, that's money. <laughs> yeah, that's the money there. So um, it, it, you're talking about yeah. these uh, these tiers, and they're not necessarily associated with like face it or whatever. Are these like no. self declared declared tiers? Like you can say your team, oh, hey, you know, we're looking to scrim. We're a T three team, but they may not actually be a T three team. Like I'm, I'm, is it? A lot of people don't really know what they are. Um, like yeah, like what you said. Um, like there'll be I don't know a team that says they're T three. They're just they're not even close. Um, you, I, I don't really know how you know. You just 
you know like yeah. you you face against like i don't know t3 teams and then like at that point if like i don't know you've won five out of six matches or something then you could probably say like you are probably in t3 uh mm. sort of thing okay all right so it and so face it um is that a good way to get into comp is that like what what is face it because i don't know um it's it's new for na it's been in eu for a while right Tay? i don't know <laughs> i've so, only started playing face it recently myself yeah i think it's, it's integrated into the game and my understanding is it's been in eu for quite some time and it just recently became available for na um but i could be wrong about that so okay. face it is like yeah so it's like comp but ranked at the same time um so you you still get like the occasional ranked ranked hero ranked monkey uh just running about trying to frag out i think but there's pretty, still pretty similar uh if we want to make a comparison back to cs you got like normal competitive for cs yeah and then you have a like face it esea where it's kind of that next step pushing towards yeah uh, actual competitive Okay, so how does how does that work? Is that like, like yeah? How does that work? Uh, so I think as every game you win, so it's it's a bit like they have like their own mini ranking system. Uh, so like every game you win, you rank up, but not like gold, silver, plat. Uh, it's like you just become like higher up on the list for like I don't know best in EU sort of thing. Um, but you do have like a level system in face it so like one to ten which is like the sort of ranking system at the same time mm. so like then i don't know say you're like level five you'll just be placed against like i don't know level five to level uh, level four to level six players um they try and make it as like even as possible um but yeah so like level one's like the starter level and then you get like level 10 which is uh professional okay Very cool. Interesting. That's Very that's cool. definitely. Yeah. I've see. I never heard about it until today. So I was. Uh, <laughs> I honestly, if you if you feel like trying like comp wise, just try try out faces sort of thing. See what you feel about it because they like it's comp rules and everything in it. Yeah. So you can get used to like the comp. You can try to get used to the comp mentality, and then just see how it goes from there sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, it's a good way to start, I think, right? And then you can also, yeah. if you're trying to move from that into do scrimming actual teams, you can say, hey, you know, we've played faces. You can look us up. This is what we've done. Rather than some team you just put together trying to find scrims with someone, and they're like, we have no idea who the fuck you are. You haven't played anyone we've played. Like, why we want to potentially waste our time. Yeah. Another thing I would definitely implement if you are in a comp team is a blacklist. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So, uh, Talk about that for a little bit. So the blacklist is uh, basically teams you just will never scrim against again because they're either toxic, um, too low tier for you to like actually have a, um, a s actual decent scrim against or I don't really know. Um, but I mean, we, we currently have quite a few people on our, on our lovely blacklist. So is, um, is it player-based or team-based, or is it like a It's a It's mostly team-based. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I know there's a, Meyer saying is that competitive, there's a lot of, uh, you know, players switching, you know, team composition changing based off player. So I yeah. don't know if there's, like, 
someone in particular that might be on the list that you know you played against his former team, but if he joins a different team, you might still not play against him. Uh, there probably is somewhere down the line. Um, but I mean, like at the moment, like we've just lost our flex player. Um, okay. but we, yeah, we have like he's not on our blacklist because we never we never kicked him on like bad terms or anything. It, right. Like it was just a mutual like. We're looking for someone stronger, and unfortunately, you're just not providing it. Gotcha. So, uh, we'll see you hopefully in a scrim or something later on. But, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, see, so there's 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 a lot that goes into competitive, and I think that can that can kind of scare some people away from it. Like, man, I I really don't I don't understand all of it. Like, I don't know if I can actually get into all of it. Like, because there is a lot that goes into it, yeah. right? I think the main thing that just scares people is when they watch pro league, they see people like snapping from head to head sort of thing and it's like that's not what you need to do you need to find your play style in this game and then figure out from there what you feel would be your like your perfect role like because everyone in ranked like i i pretty much mean every single player wants to be an entry fragger because they want every kill of the game yeah. uh, you, you just want to run in gun blazing sort of thing mm -hmm. but then obviously you get into comp you have those specific roles uh, you can't really differ from them and then you just have to figure out like what can i do in this um role yeah. so something like my play style personally like i'll play someone who's a support but can also be a fragger so i i'll have someone who i can put all their utility up like during or before the round and if i have to i'll, I'll start fragging like mm -hmm. that's my play style recently nick's been playing a fragger role on defense and he's he's killing it right now um that's mm -hmm. that's definitely where he's fitting in right now yeah it's, but, it's a role that i can play and i don't mind playing but it's definitely not my first choice like i'll step up and do it if no one else is making those plays and and fragging um yeah Say and so so to expand on that, something I wanted to go into um, was how do you how do you figure out what your role is, like, yeah, I mean, how do you just figure that out? So with your role, for example, uh, what what was your um, so like your nor selection? Normally, I play Legion or Kaid. Um, yeah, those are my two main defense operators. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally, like, Kaid, if I know they don't have a Thatcher, uh, specifically Border, I got two Kaid spots I really like. They can't get them from below. Um, yeah, we so got normally, them on CCDB cache as well. Find yeah. Find spots for Kaid. Um, but normally, I'll play, I'll watch for Twitch drones. If I know they didn't bring a Twitch, I'll hold that doorway while also holding an angle onto the other objective. So I'll be sitting in Armory. And if people are starting to get really aggressive, normally I try to rotate and try and come around and flank them. Um, mm -hmm. If my team's just, if there's no more roamers, I, I got to make a play happen. Um, and sitting and holding an angle with the AUG is not really a, uh, or his submachine gun's not really viable considering it doesn't have a good scope on it. No. So, so I would, I would definitely... It's just, it doesn't pack a punch. Yeah. Okay. I would definitely yeah. say then that you're like a sort of flex player. 
um, seeing as though you play like the Legion and the Cade, like because Cade's a very good like site based operator, but then you have Legion who can he can roam, he can be used for like intel and things. Basically, intel operators are based around like um, flex, so you have like the Valkyrie, the Legion, the Ella, those sort of things. Um, and think... sorry, oh go ahead, I'm sorry. I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, uh, on attack, though, you tend to do more of a second entry or entry fragger, which is interesting, because it's different than uh, your <laughs> yeah, that's funny. defensive role. So, yeah, say so on attack, shoot, even playing Cali, I, I tend to be more aggressive. Um, so yeah, I definitely... but you, you do play, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think I remember you playing a lot of Zofia. Uh, you've been kind of doing oh, a yeah, Zofia that's... kick lately, but previous to that, you would you do a lot of Zofia. Yeah, definitely. Of a definitely. second, uh, you know, second entry. Say, so, I mean, uh, I, and I play, I, and I know Zofia's not the best for this, but um, I do play Zofia for, like, vertical, um, just because her two explosive rounds. Um, no, she's great mm -hmm. for that. You got three three breach charges and two explosives, and then you still have two stuns. Sledge opinion, and Buck anyway. is better, though. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say. Maybe Sledge, if you can go from you know, above. But, I mean, it just depends. Like, I would rather take a... a Zofia than a Sledge if you're going to be going from underneath. That's true. Yeah, and I've been playing a lot of Dokubi, and I've been using her, uh... Since she's got her grenades back, I've been using her, uh... Her calls for intel, and, uh... Her nades for just nading out hard angles to challenge with the DMR. Um... Hmm. So, that's so I'd probably I, say... Sorry. Then that you're around the flex slash hard uh, slash soft support then, yeah. Um, like, cause you play, like you said, like the Zofia, uh, that can be like a flexible op. Um, but Doka B is classes again a flex, cause like she has sort of roam denial abilities. Um, but then, like, uh, obviously if you don't play those two as much, like, and you play the Kali, then your class is like a soft support. The um. The defense and the attack roles haven't got to be the same. So you could be uh, a flex or... Uh, yeah, so you could be a flex on defense and then on attack you could be... I don't know, you could be an entry fragger. You could be... It, it, is that whatever. common? Where you'll have like a, a attacker on a professional or a comp team that's uh, an entry fragger and then like on defense they're a hard anchor? It's not it's not the most common, but you see it in uh, people like uh, Pengu and uh, Bolo, for example. Mm, so Bolo, okay. uh, I used to think he was an entry fragger, he's but not. he's actually mm. uh, yeah he's actually a flex. Um, but a lot of his like operators that he will choose will be like uh, based on um, like just basically how he's feeling. Mm. So if he's feeling like he can frag out sort of thing, he'll play the Zofia on right. attack. And right. then on defense, he can play like Cade, Legion, whatever the hell he wants, sort of thing. But it's n it's not very common for it to occur in like uh, T four to T three. Uh, yeah. It's mostly like when you're pushing professional sort of thing. That's, that's interesting because uh, I I've, I've just it, it seemed to follow and make sense like some of this entry fragging with Ash is going to play more of like a a vigil type role on defense. Yeah. But sometimes sometimes like when you're an entry fragger it can get a little bit um stressful sure. uh, to say the least when sure. um you're just trying to frag out the whole time sort of thing as an entry and then on uh defense when you roam 
you've got the same level of stress right and right. it can wear you down quite heavily yeah that's, um, that's a good point i hadn't thought of that yeah so i think uh think something like the problem i i feel like i feel like this is a another hard step for transitioning from rank to comp is uh ranked you you have to like you can't just do one thing right like me, I love playing Zokafi or Zokafi, <laughs> Zofia and Dokafi. Um, I love playing Zofia and Dokafi, but there's a lot of times like bank, you know, nobody wants to play Habana, nobody wants to get hatches. Um, so mm. you kind of have to, you kind of have to adapt to the different play styles of each character. And if you don't, like you go in there trying to be a fragger as as um, as Miss Habana, you're mm. just you're screwed. Like yeah. you you die, your utility's wasted. Right. Yeah, that's, that's very yeah. true. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but like whenever we play ranked, dude, especially if we don't have like a five stack, I'm usually one of the last people to choose because I have to wait and see what people are doing, and then yeah. I'll adjust whatever I'm gonna play because we'll need whatever role. Unless fucking Jeremy's playing with us, he just doesn't pick someone like ninety percent of the time. He gets a <laughs> random pick, um, but usually yeah, I'm the last true. one to pick because I'm trying to fill in whatever role we need. Yeah, yeah and that's like sodomy. Or sorry, gone. No, 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 gone. Uh, that's like we were playing with, uh, not Sodomy, uh, Phantom last night, mm -hmm. um, and he just constantly, like, he's a Thatcher main if Thatcher's not banned, so you can rely on having a, a good Thatcher, yeah. right? And that's something. He was something, out last night, too, man. He was oh, dude, I know. He's killing it. Um, but, uh, and that's something, like, when it comes to playing any sort of competitive way in Siege, you have to have a consistent team, you know? And that's something I feel like in ranked solo queuing you can't do. And I feel like that's the difference between solo queuing and five stacking. Yeah. Mm. I know that if obviously you're looking for like a five stack in ranked or whatever, there's so many different discords. There's, uh, I think I started using uh, an app called Moot, M O O T dot U S. Yeah. That app was quite good for trying to find like people just to stack with uh, in ranked. But unfortunately, a lot of people that are looking for people to play ranked tend to be like silver, bronze sort of level. Yeah, um, I've actually found the a lot of that to be incredibly unhelpful. Um, yeah. Because for the longest time, I would be like, I don't fucking care. I want a four or five stack no matter what. And I'd go into the official Rainbow Six Discord or this or that Discord, and I'd find a stack. And like, if you win the first game great you probably play a second one but like nine out of ten times 9.5 out of ten times if you lose one game everyone fucking splits immediately and you yeah. get people that are even if they're higher ranked they're not team players like I i've had way more success even just duo queuing with chris than actually doing that so what i did is i yeah surfed a bunch of different reddits and specifically tried to find people that play siege that have been playing for a while that are a little bit older and that are mm -hmm. you know at least gold or higher and i've had a pretty good success with that like i got you know five six seven guys on a discord where we you know will three to five stack most nights for the last couple of week and um that's been good so like not to shit on the official rainbow six discord or whatever like it's cool it's a good place to find people um but it just shows i, I haven't how had the a whole lot of is. i haven't had a whole lot of you know success with that at least so yeah. and it just goes to show like how toxic the community can be um you know because and everybody is so concerned on there so i i was having a losing streak and my seasonal kd went from a 1.5 down to a 0.8 because i was just mm -hmm. getting shit on every game and my overall is still 1.2 not that it matters but 
I, you know, I join and they're like, no, your seasonal's a point eight. leave right now. And I'm like, all right, fine, see you later. I didn't want to play anyways, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just, that's the mindset that they have. And honestly, for playing ranked, that's not the mindset you need. So, and I mean, everybody like, does that on that server. It's not yeah. just certain people. I was going to say, I mean, seem like this, <laughs> this season I have a 1.74 KTM ranked. <laughs> Jeez, uh, hey, and that's, a, that's only in plat three, but um. Yeah, well, your your uh, casual MMR is also a fucking diamond, my guy. Yeah, that was last season. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was champion last season actually in um casual. It's hilarious. <laughs> but um, that is I was gonna that was one thing that I was actually gonna bring up. Um, how do you guys feel about the uh, the whole casual uh, ranking system? I don't care because it pretty much doesn't affect me. I don't play casual. I think it's fucking terrible. Yeah, it's it, it's like skill based matchmaking in Black Ops. If we actually gave a fuck about trying in casual, then we would hate it. But casual, it's casual. Yeah. So yeah, we, don't, we don't play yeah. casual much. And when we do, we I mean it's casual. It's only we for dip, warming up. But um, yeah. yeah. So typically, yeah. I don't and I don't even do that. Like I'll run T hunt till my aim's crispy, and then I'll either go into unranked if I don't have a stack or i don't feel like solo queuing i'll jump into ranked yeah see i that's the difference between me and tony tony can warm up in t hunt i cannot i have to warm up against actual players or else i'm just not going to warm up yeah saying i don't understand how people can warm up in t hunt but hey honestly dude like try it for a week play a half hour of t hunt a day and see if you if if you think your aim and shit improves like it honestly makes a pretty big difference See, but that's why I have aim labs. Like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna improve my aim, like I use aim labs. But I don't feel like it helps with C's like recoil control. I feel like in order to like get better at you know gun skill in a game, you actually have to play the game, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like T hints a little better than aim labs in that perspective. But you're absolutely right. Like you, you time in in ranked is how you're gonna really really improve um but yeah because it's a you know competitive no respawn type thing uh yeah if you're not doing well you're not getting a lot of play time um which, yeah sure yeah that's true mm. i um, think the main thing that i would advise for anyone like literally anyone uh, no matter your skill level to do in aim labs is um practicing uh a thing called slicing the pie um, that's when you go uh, into a room essentially and you start from like one corner of the room and you just slice over um, until like you've cleared the room essentially um, mm. it's it's a good thing to do if like you haven't got a drone or something to do gotcha. but um, the main the main thing with that is just like you just need to practice on aim labs which is uh, like strafe track uh, uh, strafe track is just a very good thing to do because um, it helps practice like obviously uh, tracing people um, and things like that but t-hunt itself is just all about like crossfire uh, sorry crosshair placement and like uh, pre-firing sort of thing right. yeah. and then aim labs can be practiced more for like flicking and tracing so um, yeah and that's like t-hunt the reason i can't warm up with it is because if you keep your crosshairs head level um, normally you don't have to flick very far if they're if the terrorists are crouched plus after running it enough times you basically know where they're gonna be so you can just pre-fire right yeah you you can't run the same map 
because your brain will automatically know even if you're not trying where they're going to be you have to switch up maps and you know you talk about you know yeah by default you're not going to be flicking much but you can play in such a way that you cause yourself to flick and you know practice that but then that reinforces bad crosshair placement no not necessarily a map like if you're you're aiming at the at their feet to flick to their head yeah that's terrible but you can like (laughs) be at at head level you know still practicing that you know, see, see, you know, see him aim somewhere else and then practice flicking. But I see but, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, with that, it also... Granite T-Hunt does help with slicing the pie. Like, learning how to room clear without droning. Um, I feel like T-Hunt does help with that. But, again, I just can't warm up with it for some reason. Yeah, um... If you guys don't have anything else to talk about uh, as far as comp, this kind of leads good into another topic. I got no questions. I'm... All right. All right. Cool. Tay, you good to move on? The wonders of the world have been solved. <laughs> Tay? I think... Oh. We... Tay died. Sorry, my, my microphone muted. Okay, <laughs> <No>. cool. <laughs> I was like, right. Tay died. <laughs> Tay's uh, dead, dude. The... <laughs> Let's, let's move on to talking about something else that kind of you know leads into what we've just been talking about um, is uh, the lack of you know new permanent game modes, the the lack of respawn game modes. You know we had the Sugar Fright short time event. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think uh, an addition of a permanent mode in that vein uh, would be helpful not only for bringing in new players and getting them adjusted and you know up to speed faster in the game, but also for you know, as a way to to warm up. Talk about that for a little bit. With like sugar fright, I found that was a very good thing to warm up with, as um, there's so many different levels, like in that map. So like there's three story buildings, right. one story things, and whatever. But the more you play it, the more you like come to realize like it's actually quite shit. They they I'm still waiting for them to actually bring out a game mode that I. Like thoroughly have either enjoyed or thought it was actually a really good idea. Um, the only thing that was ever really close for that for me was uh, when they did the the um, the stadium. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that was a really good map for them to to have, and that they should definitely bring that back. But besides that, probably nothing, honestly. Yeah. Um, Say, so, and I I definitely feel sugar fry left something like you felt like it could have been better in some way no matter who you were right um with sugar fight yeah it was great for you know just practicing your gun skill but at the same time it doesn't doesn't encourage the same mechanics as siege does because siege is all about you know protect the bomb secure the area there's defenders there's attackers you got no respawns it's you're laying it all out on the plate um, and I feel like Siege will never feel like Siege if there is respawns. Yeah. So even if they so if they brought a permanent game mode that was a respawn game mode into the game, um, I feel like new players would only play that and they would never go to competitive. Or they would try competitive and be like, this is too sweaty, I'm just going to shoot people with guns. You mm. know? Interesting. It's like with um, Counter-Strike, when you have that um, deathmatch, like, you respawn, like, uh, so much, like, every time you die, for example, and mm-hmm. it's, 
yeah, it's just all about that. But obviously, Sugar Fright. The main thing that they needed to do with Sugar Fright was stop people from being able to get into your spawn. Because that shit was the worst. <laughs> That's worse than being spawn trapped on a 1v1 on Nuketown. Alright. Yeah. yeah. I felt like the getting into the spawn really wasn't that big of a deal. I felt like anyone that did that got pretty heavily punished because the, uh, there was a pretty significant timer when you spawn. So unless, unless you, like, I don't know, aren't paying attention. Like, as soon as I spawned, I was looking around to see if anybody's trying to camp us. Because, like, it, it wasn't, like, a, you know, one or two second timer. Like, it was pretty lengthy. Because mm. if they're anywhere near you, like, you just smoke them and they can't even hurt you yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's cool that they tried it. Um, I would like something permanent, um, even if it's just for the sake of better warm-ups. Um, mm. Maybe it doesn't help more people get into the actual ranked experience um but honestly i don't think it would hurt to have something permanent or even fuck it dude if they put in a hot fix right now and just put sugar freight back in like i don't think that would hurt anything i think it would just help like you just no, play it yeah. for one or two matches get your aim nice and crispy and then go play actual siege um yeah but i don't know uh, i think the... go ahead sorry i was gonna say i think the main problem with sugar freight was it was too long the matches took way they, too they long to drag on finish bit, yeah yeah one game mode that i do wish that they did slightly better was the golden gun because the deagle did a hundred damage that that was in nice. my eyes it was nice but it shouldn't it shouldn't be able to do a hundred damage like you should just it should only kill someone if like i don't know you got a headshot or something with them i think that would have made the game a lot more so, uh go golden a lot more gun sort of, like a, realistic a game where they took from golden eye um, and that's how the game mode works. Is the gun's mm. a one-hit kill. I didn't actually play yeah. it in Siege because I wasn't playing when that limited time event was around. Um, but that's literally what the game mode is. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, and I understand that. Or we're just saying, like, if they brought it back, like, how would we change it? Like, what, what could have been done better? Yeah. Um, but for me, as far as, like, limited time modes, the only one I've... Like, the um, the stadium one I thought was cool, and I like that, um, but I don't even really count that, because it's more of, that's much closer to the ranked experience than any of the other limited time ones. Yeah. Which are, they're kind of fool, they're cool, they're gimmicky, like, but typically they come out and we're like, oh, cool, this is cool, we get a free pack, and we'll be like, oh, shit, I wanted this instead of that. We'll play it for, like, less than ten rounds the entire time it's out, and then we'll be done. Mm. Uh, but uh, Outbreak was incredibly fun. I think that was the yeah. best one they've done, and it worked because it wasn't trying to emulate anything about the ranked experience it was completely different and yeah it's so great so successful they're actually doing spin-off game that actually is supposed to come out first quarter of 2021 i think march um, yeah so i'm really fucking excited for that um but i wanted to throw that out there as well the only upsetting thing with the community of siege um with outbreak was that there was no rever uh like friendly fire was uh was enabled and a lot of my games, I would just load in, and within, like, 20 seconds, someone's killed me. Because yeah. my teammates just, they're just like, nah, it's a random, we're just gonna, we're just gonna kill them. I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's unfortunate, and I think it's indicative of a problem with the community, but I don't think they should take Friendly Fire out of actual Siege, um, but I wouldn't no. have a problem if it wasn't in quarantine, I don't think that would add or detract anything, like, I think that's fine. Speaking mm. of Friendly Fire, 
Um, I um, yes, the the friendly fire king comes to us now live. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. All right. Uh, so playing ranked yesterday, <laughs> I was trying. So we were on uh, K anal or can canal. My bad. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I I was ace. I just breached the wall in order to uh, get into sight, and I go to peek an angle, and my teammate just lights me up because as I'm peeking, he sees that I'm peeking. And then goes and peeks the exact same angle as me, and just lights me up, and I'm on like two HP. Like mm -hmm. that, revert like friendly fire. I feel like if you shoot a friendly, I feel like reverse friendly fire should kick in a lot sooner than what it does. But mm -hmm. then you get to the point of taking friendly fire. Yeah, out Yeah, I mean, the if game. it kicks in too soon, then there's no point in even having it in. Yeah. Yeah. In comp, there is no reverse friendly fire, and that is very interesting. <laughs> And I, and I think I, I think that's how it should be. Like if you're yeah. literally on the to the point where you're almost or you are quite literally playing the game professionally, um, yeah, I don't think that should be an option. Yeah. Yeah. If you get to the point where you TK somebody accidentally in a in a pro league game, I mean, it, you it, it deserve him to be dead. Like, yeah. Like it happens, but like I think it should be there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's for that high skill level, but just playing ranked at a low skill level, I feel like. It should be adac adaptive to what rank you're playing in rank. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Like, gold... Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but I'm not necessarily against that. So the way the way I would do it, so you're pretty average players, it should be the way it is now, so that's gold-ish. Um, your lower skill players, it should start kicking in a little bit sooner as you get to lower, t uh, lower tier mm -hmm. until, you know, you're at, you're at copper. And then there's just no friendly fire, right? <laughs> Because, yeah. you know, coppers, the coppers, right? I mean, I think it would be interesting. I don't know how much coppers would really care about that, and it seems like it would mostly be for lower skill players because um, it wouldn't really affect gold and above, sounds like. But it's interesting. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. The main thing, to be honest, with, um, like, friendly fire is, like, a lot of people, for example, they won't play with, like, outlines on or something. I don't. Um, so you won't see them, like, I don't know if um you're pre-firing something or whatever and you think i don't know someone uh let's take consular for example you're pre-firing like towards like the benches from visa down straight to like zulu and like you see your teammates name tag and like or the player icon whatever and they're like at the other side and then for some weird reason they just walk in front of it sort of thing right. like but there's also an enemy like in the exact site uh what is it like line up of their thing right. like what what do you think should happen about that um, like should you I, have the icons disabled or so i honestly i play with outlines on and that still didn't help me if my aim was a little bit yet uh better yesterday tony would have been dead because <laughs> i was so i pushed into um he was in vip I was in B site. They were playing hookah yeah. and billiards, so I was in billiards, and I, I heard I heard somebody move at VIP, and I pre-fired the desk and hit Tony in the shoulder, and I had outlines on. I thought he was in the other room back there. I didn't think he was right where I was shooting, and so I feel like outlines they don't really help, but they do if that makes sense. Like, they help you to know, like, g in general, where your teammates are. But they don't yeah. really help you with an exact, you know, where th where exactly they are. 
I think I they think probably help that... a little bit more than just the icons. Um, yeah. I play with just the icons, personally. I find the outlines a little distracting, and I have not had a problem DKing. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I think, you know, the situation you're talking about, if like if it's lined up and you think, you know, maybe you're going to hurt your teammate, you got to, like, roll the dice. And, you know, if, if it's something where you think that trade's worth it, like, you're taking out a hard breacher and then you're, you know, fucking one of your guys. Like, you got to, yeah. if, if you think it might be worth it, fucking go for it. It's going to help you win. Yeah. But, in fairness, know. in that situation, it was a 4v2. And should I really challenge that if I thought my teammate was behind him? No. But I did. <laughs> yeah. Granted, there wasn't an enemy, but hey. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the king of TKing. It just happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, we still love you, Chris. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. <laughs> um, I think that's uh, that's good. That's a good discussion on that. Uh, we only really have well one other big topic I want to get into, and then just a couple other follow-up questions. Uh, so if you guys are good, we can uh, kind of move on to the next thing. I'm mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to just have a discussion about uh, kind of focusing on console players, uh, either, you know, actively trying to move to PC or maybe thinking about it and, you know, that kind of, that whole process. Cause I guess, you know, conveniently all of us originally started on console. So we got a pretty good perspective on the switch from console to PC and then maybe more specifically, uh, building a PC. I know Chris, you built yours. I previously built yep. one. I don't know if you've ever built a PC tape, but we can talk about that a little bit. <laughs> um, and, you know, kind of. I talk about that, so uh, I don't know mm-hmm. who wants to kick us off, but either Tay or Chris. Chris, I think he probably should. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, cool, I'm down. So the the switch from console to PC, in my in my opinion, the the way I look at it, right, PC when it comes to pure gameplay and strategy, PC's a lot harder to get a higher rank. Um, now PC, I will say for me, it was easy to switch, like when it came to gun skill and recoil control. Um, the only thing I did notice, like, gun skill, I was able to be more precise, recoil control, there's a lot more recoil, it feels like, on PC than there is on console. There is, um, mm-hmm. console has 30% less recoil because they're on sticks. Yeah, so, and that was, that was the big thing when it comes to actual gameplay, um, was just relearning recoil control, because you gotta think, you gotta move your whole hand instead of just, oh, I need to move the thumbstick down and to the left a little bit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um... And say that's like a, a PC copper has better aim than a console gold, just because you can be more precise. I mean, that's mm-hmm. my opinion. I'm not saying that's just straight facts, but that's the way I look at it, right? Yeah, I, mean, I look at that similarly. Like you, you kind of um, you're playing on PC, you kind of have to assume everybody has uh, a baseline for aim. Like everyone can pretty much aim to a certain level and then obviously you get into higher skill and you get kids that are nutty uh but on console at lower elo like you can push and do swings uh if you have good aim that you just fucking would get punished for out of your mind if you were on pc even by lower skill players just because of the difference of mechanics yeah so and kind of to, to put my transition into perspective like with actual stats my uh, my highest MMR um, on my first season of PC was 3,166, which is right below Plat 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first season. Since then, I've been Gold 3 every season except for the two I didn't play. Um, and this season just got back to Gold 1 um, with 3,011. Um, 
So I I feel like when it came to because we were plats on console, right? So we had we had game knowledge. I feel like if you come to PC with some game sense to you, it's not going to be horrible, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, so yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah. If you're like if you're a copper on you know Xbox or PS4, don't expect to get a high rank on PC. You know transition is not going to be as smooth if you're not a higher skill player um granted i have nothing to back that up considering i i didn't transfer from a lower skill right yeah um yeah i think uh you know map knowledge and game sense will take you far and especially if this isn't your first exposure to aiming with a mouse uh you'll be able to make the transition without too much of a problem um, I had a similar experience. My first PC season was during Operation Hell, um, and I got gold two, high gold two, as my you know entry point into PC. Whereas on PS4, I had been plat three, plat two. Um, this is actually before I played on Xbox because I went from PS4 to PC to Xbox back to PC. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's not. I don't know. It's not as daunting or crazy as you might think. I think uh, I do have a lot of friends on PS4 that are unwilling to make the switch. I think mostly because uh, they're like some of them are just older guys that just they cannot aim with the mouse and they probably won't be able to. They acknowledge that and they're like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna chill on console," which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think you have the attitude uh, and you want to actually go somewhere in the game, um, I would definitely say switch to PC. Definitely. Definitely. So how do you how do you feel about it, Tay? <laughs> the main thing that I noticed when I switched originally was that PC it was a lot more buggy. It ran a lot smoother than console, but it was a lot buggier. Mm. Uh, that sort of threw me off a little bit at the start, but as uh, Siege progressed, it sort of it sort of improved and things. Yeah. But um, definitely, like you guys were saying with the whole aiming scenario and things, it's definitely a lot different. But it's, in my opinion, a lot easier because uh, I don't know I've just always been sort of PC um, sort of person uh, mm. from like day one, really. Yeah. Um, so that sort of just sort of came with me naturally. Uh, I d- it didn't really require a lot of learning as such. Yeah, I think, um, I know for me as well, I think also but for Chris, uh, we had played other shooters on PC in, prior to playing Siege for the first time on PC. So, um, I mean, is that not true I, for you, Chris? Yeah, no, Siege was the very first game. Actually, no, that's a lie. When I had my potato of a PC that was like 15 years old, I had CS. Right. Yeah, that's so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. since we had the general experience of already knowing, you know, what it's like, the difference aiming with a mouse rather than sticks, you know, our first time playing Siege on PC, we had definitely a leg up if you've just been playing console your life and you've really never touched a pc um so keep that in mind um but no I think, and like I think... Go ahead. It, so in fairness right there was only I, when it came to cs the only thing i could play was against ai because i tried to play regular maps and my pc just shit on itself so yep. I, I mean but still it does build that solid base of being using a mouse right yeah hmm. anyways yep. sorry to interrupt my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people do, uh, but if you're going to switch to PC, do not like help yourself out at first by using a controller. Just don't, don't do that. Like, just 
switch the mouse and make yourself make yourself use it and get get good with it. So if you like handicap yourself at first by using a controller, you might make the transition from console to PC and get a you know an okay rank or similar elo to what you had. Um, but as you continue to progress forward, like you, you will absolutely get shit on. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know a lot of PC players that do really great um, with controller. You know. I mean, I feel like if you're going to play controller, you might as well just stay on console. I mean, I understand PC does have its yeah. advantages. Well, especially but... now that you can play on console at 120 frames on Series X, Series S, and PS5. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. If you're going to stay on controller anyway, there's no reason to not just do that. Yeah. yeah. Say, um, so... So we talked about transitioning um, from console to PC, uh, like gameplay-wise. But when it comes to actually getting a PC, there's there's two options you can go about. You can buy something pre-built. You're gonna spend a little bit more money than if you built it yourself, but it comes ready to just plug in and play. Um, personally, when I built my PC, uh, when I switched to PC, I still have the same PC I had uh, two years ago when I switched, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I built it myself. Honestly, it took me like an hour to build, um, and it, it's not that hard. I saved like 400 bucks compared to what the pre-built of the same specs was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, what, what's your guys' opinions on like switching from console to PC? Should you buy a pre-built or should you build it yourself? It would just depend on how much experience you had with building a PC. Obviously, if you haven't got much experience, then I would highly advise just going for a pre-built and then once you have said pre-built just learn it um, and then like if you want to upgrade or something then you can uh, as it would be a lot more straightforward. Uh, I've never actually built a PC so I can't really comment too much on that. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I've done both um, and I think it, it, it probably depends on you as an individual your personality. Uh, obviously if you have background with um, you know, PCs, technology, any kind of physical hardware, construction or anything like that, definitely go for it. Um, it'll probably be better. But if you're someone that maybe, you know, that's not your thing, there's like nothing wrong with getting a good pre-built that you know is going to run the game this well. It has a warranty in effect, you know, for free for at least a year, no matter where you fucking buy it. And you just don't have that when you do a pre-built or when you, when you do a we build it yourself. So you yeah. get you know parts from seven different manufacturers. Let's say you get them and they all work great and they're all put together and it all works, which is all a big if depending on how you set it up and how you did your checks and shit. Um, yeah. There's no guarantee that it's gonna work a year from then. And if it doesn't, unless you have warranties on individual parts, which is not a given, uh, you might be fucked. And then another thing I want to throw into this conversation, particularly right now, if you're looking to do this, um, if you're building it yourself you're not going to be saving much money at this point because of the price of parts like they are jacked up right now Mm. say and whenever whenever i built mine the only thing that really cost a lot of money and it's something i have since changed um is ram ram was really expensive and graphics cards were getting to be that way um so I did save money just because the pre-builds were, you know, RAMs get more expensive. They're jacking up the price of the pre-builds because one part got expensive. So I saved a lot of money. Like I said, I saved like 400 bucks um, yeah. building it myself. 
Um, and, and something like building a PC is super simple. It's like assembling Legos, right? Um, granted, the Legos have wiring to them, but if you watch a few YouTube videos, you can do it. Like, I never had any experience with technology, especially computers. The most experience I had was my phone, and that you don't have to do anything with the hardware, right? Um, but for me, it took me like an hour to build mine. I know people can build them faster, but I was taking my time making sure everything was done right. Um, mm. But honestly... I watched a ton of like computer videos like um linus tech tips um bitwit mm. he's got a yep. ton of good yep. videos um and there's just there's a bunch of tech channels that can walk you step by step through building one so if that's the route you want to go there's there is a way to figure out how to do it yeah um, me me personally my uncle has built computers so after i built mine before i even turned it on I took it over to his house. I was like, hey, did I do any th anything wrong? Um, I, I didn't do anything wrong, technically. I didn't plug in my front fans. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, you know, just watching a simple YouTube video or a few of them, in my case, um, can get you a long way if you want to do that, right? And uh, Yeah, that's very true. One thing I will say... Um particularly with uh putting your cpu in if you fuck that up you potentially ruin like a 400 plus dollar part of a computer um, yeah, so that, there, that there are things there are things yeah. you have to worry about and look out for but you definitely can do a build yourself even if you don't have experience doing it and it's not like it's not all that bad um but especially right now because the nvidia 30 series cards are out um and people are kind of pushing for that. If you go with a pre-built with a 20 series NVIDIA card, you right now get a great deal. Like I got a basically, you know, $3,000 Alienware tower uh, for like $1,700. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, I mean, you just kind of got to look and see, see what you want. But uh, along, So along with saving money, me personally, the reason why I built it myself is because um, when it comes from wherever you buy a pre-built from um, whatever company you go through it comes with software that you don't need right depends and on the company but typically yeah yeah and that's something uh, the just the bloatware i mean it's not really a big deal but i i just didn't want it i was like you know what i'll just do it myself anyways right don't even have to worry about that um one other thing i do want to say if you do build it yourself do not forget to factor in the price of Windows into your build. Yeah, Windows is $100. typically going to be that extra 100 bucks. Yeah. Do not try to get those cheap codes off whatever websites for 10 or 20 bucks for a copy of Windows. I tried that. Don't do it. People have had success. Whatever. That's cool. From my experience, don't fuck with it. Just yeah. buy an actual copy of Windows. I bought a $20 mm. code, and a month later, uh, it said my Windows had expired, and I had to buy it again. Uh, I and I just went the hundred dollar route. I seem to have been very lucky then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because those codes, what they do is, uh, like they they buy those codes and then share those codes with a bunch of different people for that mm. uh, for that copy, and you're legally not allowed to do that. Um, it's not the buyer that gets in trouble for it; it's the seller. Yeah. Um, then they can get prosecuted, thrown in jail. Um, yeah, you, you won't get in trouble. You will have to buy Windows again, though. So it's, yeah, it's the purpose. yeah. Because so, they'll be like, "Oh, whatever that code was used for, that's yeah. no longer supported." Tay, did, did your computer not come with a valid copy of Windows? Nope. 
Interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. UK does it different. <laughs> Wait, you did you, you did one of those sites where it's a pre-built in parentheses, but someone else is putting it together for you? Is that right? Yeah, it was on a PC specialist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. Fair enough. Yeah. So it was a completely custom pre-built, right? It was I picked out all the parts. Just I had someone build it for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's another great way to go. If you don't want to do standard pre-built, like NZXT build uh, is a great way to go. Like, you pick out whatever parts you want. You'll tip. They'll typically get a better deal on them than you could, and they're only gonna charge you like, you know, maybe fifty, hundred bucks for assembly and less than that for shipping. Sometimes shipping's free, so that's a like a third mm -hmm. option, which is a good way to go too. Definitely. Yeah. So it's not hard to trans to transition. It's just you know. It's it's like buying a new console, right? You're gonna have to shell out some money, um, yeah. and by um, some, it just depends on what you want. You know. I will say though, uh, if Siege is the only game you care about, you can do a build catered specifically to that, and that price has come down a lot. Like years ago, you were you would basically have to guarantee you're spending like a hundred or a thousand dollars on a build to be able to get the kind of performance you want out of Siege. But now you know it's a five year old game parts have mm. come along quite a way you can uh you can do more of a mid or budget build and still get you know performance level uh or like you know esports level performance out of it you turn the graphics down you're still gonna be getting you know 120 150 yeah. frames um, say my so. i you know my computer when i built it two years ago was 800 bucks since then the price of all the parts i have has gone down this computer is probably worth probably about four or five hundred right now yeah. um not including the copy of windows um, and it runs Siege at 200 frames per second at max settings. So, mm. which Tony still can't figure out how I'm doing that, but I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, I also have my stuff overclocked, which you can do. You can, you know, if your computer's not performing to the way you want it, you can overclock it. That gets pretty technical, um, but... You watch enough YouTube videos on it, you can do it. We, you know, we live in the generation where YouTube is a big tool we can use to our advantage. Yeah. Someone is typing up a storm. <laughs> I mean, with with like the PC, like you, Siege is very CPU based more than GPU. So technically, you could li you could run like I don't know a ten sixty Ti uh, with like an i seven processor, and you'd probably do fine because you don't honestly need graphics in Siege. Oh, you, you would just definitely need... do fine. Yeah. Yeah, you just like I I can honestly play Siege on minimal graphics, and like obviously my PC is a beast, but like with my old PC, I'd play it on minimal, and I'd be fine. I'd have like one hundred and twenty FPS sort of thing. Constant. Yeah, that's a great thing to point out. Um, if you're looking to do a pre-built or build your own or do whatever, if you put some focus on the processor, that's a great way to go specifically for Siege in general. Um, but also because it allows you to do uh, run the game as a Vulkan API, uh, which some games are doing now, and that takes uh, some of the processes and ships them from the graphics card to the processor. So if you're not planning on streaming, that is an excellent way to get more FPS if you have a um, pretty beefy CPU. So whenever, whenever I first started gaming um, on PC, I I didn't have a discrete GPU. And matter of fact, I still have this uh, this APU. I got the Ryzen 5 2400G, 
Um, and so I didn't have to buy a graphics card. I saved a ton of money by not buying a graphics card. And I ran Siege better than console does. <laughs> so um, you can get away with not having a graphics card. Like the Ryzen 5 or 2400G, um, that by itself can run Siege. You're not going to run it max graphics, but you can do it if you have enough RAM. Um, I run 16 gigs, and that's plenty. Um, I do not recommend that at all, but I suppose. That I, yeah, <laughs> I if you're so, uh, yeah. At least get a three gig dedicated graphics card, but yeah, I suppose yeah. that you can do that if you just. A good cheap it. way to do that now is the graphics card I do have, and that's the RX 570, um, and it runs each awesome. Um, you know, if you have a 144 hertz monitor, you can get that frame rate out of it, right? Um, but I'm saying if you don't have a ton of money to spend and you just need to scrape by because you want to transfer to PC, you can do Siege without a graphics card. Mm -hmm. My uh, my poor IGL can't even run Siege at 144 hertz at the moment. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, she's been playing 60 hertz for I don't even know how long. <laughs> I'm at 75, so you know what? I'm not. I, I used to be 75. <laughs> I got two monitors that are 144. I'm thinking about getting a 240, but I guess that's just me. Yeah. Uh, if I upgrade to 144, I'm not gonna upgrade to 240 because there's not that much of an advantage. It's debatable, but we don't have to get into even. That this no, episode. no, yeah, it's just mind ghosting. <laughs> dude, we will get into this another time. <laughs> Expect that subject on the next podcast because I am making <laughs> that happen. Yeah. So um, I got a couple other follow-up questions but i think we might just save those for the next episode we got this uh current recording we're at uh hour and 16 minutes and we actually still have that first recording that I'm about an hour and a half then. yeah taped together yeah. so we we probably should uh call it unless you guys have any uh any final thoughts or anything i'm um, solid uh just... tay if you would like to go ahead and uh plug anything your twitch or whatnot uh please go ahead and do that and then uh, you can also send it to me and i'll put it in the uh episode description see i would do but i haven't streamed in forever um, oh, okay that's fine too yeah <laughs> i haven't um, been streaming lately either <laughs> i guess keep an eye out if you guys uh watch competitive siege for eclipse esports thor i guess <laughs> that's about that's about all i can really say <laughs> that's awesome man that's great uh, yeah all right, cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much uh, for making this happen, uh, and uh, we'll thank go ahead and call it me. there. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. 